Hello, I'm glad you're joining us online. Around 1999, I developed a goal to plant an avocado tree so our family and friends could enjoy its fruit. So in that year, I planted my first avocado tree, and it was flourishing. We even enjoyed some of the fruit off that tree. It was fantastic. Uh, they were great avocados. And then the tree drowned in an El Nino year. And I didn't even realize, I'm not much of a orchard farmer, I didn't even realize trees could drown. And I planted nine avocado trees total, uh, not an orchard of trees, but one after the other, trying to get one to grow to uh, maturity. And I failed. Every time I lost nine trees. Currently, I don't have any fruit because I haven't tr planted another tree at my new house. And, you know, I was kind of scarred by that whole experience. And the reason I don't have fruit is the reality is a tree has to be in the ground or it won't grow fruit. That's the way it works. The gospel is like this. If the seed of the gospel isn't planted in you, the fruit of it will not grow. So in this two-week series, we're going to look at how to make sure the seed of the gospel is planted in your heart and how to be sure that you're a Christian. We, we exist as a church for this. To help you be secure in your salvation, of course, we, we can't make you secure. We don't have that kind of power. Only God can work in your heart and help you grow in your understanding of that. But we want you to know what the Bible says about being secure in your salvation. The first thing you need to make sure of in order to be sure of your salvation is that the seed of the gospel is planted in you. If you don't make sure of that, you're not going to experience the fruit of salvation. So we're going to see how to make sure of it. We're going to see what Scripture says of that. Um, it's, it's important also to know, because if you aren't sure or you don't know how to gain assurance of salvation, you never get out of the starting blocks in the Christian life. It's compared to a race in scripture and you're stuck. You're spinning your wheels at the starting line because you don't know for sure if you're safe. So you're always questioned about questioning that and struggling with it. The Bible though is very clear on how to know that you are saved. And we're going to look at what it says today and next week. Before we look at what the Bible says about being sure of your salvation and planting the seed, you must know, you, you must make sure that your heart is good soil. In the parable of the sower found in Luke 8, 4 through 8, Jesus says this, While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. The farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and when it came up, 
The plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus used parables or short stories to illustrate eternal truths that align with reality. And he did this so that only those who are seeking him are inclined to follow him would understand. And we need the Holy Spirit to draw us to follow him, to even encourage us to seek him. But that's why he did it. He 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 did it to sort of test the hearts of people. But here in this parable, he's helping us understand why some people who accept Christ change and others don't. And it's it's a really helpful parable. The soil that Jesus is talking about in this parable is the heart. The good soil is a heart to that's willing to obey whatever Jesus commands. That's that's what you find out in Scripture. And one of the ways that you know that you're a genuine follower of Christ is that you see the fruit of the Holy Spirit's present presence in your life. The Holy Spirit enters your life when the seed of the gospel is planted in your heart. And so that's why this is so important. That, that part of understanding our salvation and being secure in it is understanding uh, what it takes to plant the seed in, in your life. And if the seed is planted, you experience the changes that he makes over time. And it's, it's a great thing. So for this parable, Jesus gives us the interpretation. And I, I don't think that he really wanted us to miss the point, his first followers and us as well. And so he, he makes it plain. In Luke 8, 11 through 15, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a little while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. The seed that multiplies and bears much fruit, Jesus tells us, is planted in a noble and good heart. And these people, if they're noble and have a good heart, they retain the seed and by persevering 
they produce a crop. A crop grows up as they work through and walk through times of testing over time. The kind of heart that is good soil, then, is a heart that believes to the point the person is ready to obey the Lord despite adversity. We're going to have testing. The Bible is clear of this. And so the person who is willing to push through the testing is the one who uh, perseveres. And they experience the goodness of the crop, of the fruit that God wants to grow in us. The Bible is very clear about how to become a child of God. And that's what we're really talking about, how how to move over in the kingdom of God and become one of his children. In John 1.12, it lays it out very clearly. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The word believed in this passage, in the Greek it was originally written in, it means to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance. This is a great invitation that Jesus gives us. Believe in me to the extent that you obey and you will gain the right to become the children of God. That's an amazing thing. Even though we rebelled against him, he, he pursues us in his mercy and love and grace and gives us this invitation. Backing up in Jesus' explanation of this parable, he lays out three reasons that the fruit doesn't grow. One reason Jesus told this story is so that we would understand why some of the seed doesn't grow when on the surface it seems like it should be growing. Um, we can't see into the hearts of the people. And what you find in this passage is it, it requires continued cooperation with God for the seed to grow, for it to develop into fruit. The seed won't grow above ground. It has to be planted in you. And it's planted when you believe to this extent that you're willing to obey. So Jesus explained the first reason the uh, seed doesn't grow as it gets snatched before it goes into the ground. Luke eight twelve, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. When the seed is sown, Satan goes to work. When people hear the gospel, he goes to work to try to keep it from going deep into the hearts of people. He blinds people with doubt to the good that comes from following Jesus. He plants suspicion in their minds over the motives of the people who are sharing the gospel with them. And he pulls out all the stops. He does all kinds of things. Those, those are just a couple of things that come to my mind. The second reason the seed doesn't grow is that it doesn't take root. Luke 8.13 says, Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. 
they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. You will be tested if you decide to follow Christ. Jesus made this very clear. We will even be persecuted for following Christ in some ways. Jesus made it clear that his followers will have trouble in this world. Those who expect Jesus to save them from the trouble of living in this fallen world will not persevere in the faith. So this is an important thing to understand. Don't be surprised when you aren't taken out of the trouble of living in this world. This isn't heaven. This is life on earth. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. Jesus will be there with you through the trouble. And he uses it for your, for your good, but he doesn't take you out of the trouble. Final reason the fruit doesn't grow is that it gets choked out. Luke 8.14 says, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. I've heard people say that they have tried following Christ, and it hasn't worked. That does, That just doesn't work for me. And I'd like to say, that's not God's fault. It may not have worked because they really wanted him to put them on a path of a successful life according to their definition. He does help us succeed, but not like we think, not in terms of the world's standards. Jesus always makes life better for us, but not by the world's standards. He grows us in character, and he motivates us to do what really matters, and it blesses us and those around us, and it helps our relationships, our work projects, our, our approach to work, and ministering and helping others. It it His fruit that he produces in us really helps us as we relate, as we work, as we minister. So Jesus has diagnosed the problem in this verse. Some people start out following Jesus, but they want riches and pleasures more than doing his will. And when they realize it's kind of tough, they fall away. So the worries and concerns of this world choke out the fruit that God wants to produce in us. They're choked out by worries, riches, and pleasures. That's what the passage says. It all starts with the soil of your heart. And I want to encourage you, make sure the soil of your heart is not hardened like the ground on a, on a path, like the, the pathway is hardened by the people that are walking over it, the footsteps, or that is the, the seed that's among the, the rocks, or those that are being choked out by, by thorns. Accept the Lord's invitation to follow him by believing that you 
believing in him to the extent that you obey despite the adversity that you may see and experience, despite the the difficulties that you might have. So with this parable as a backdrop, I want to walk through what the scripture says of is necessary to have eternal life, to know for sure that you're a Christian, to make sure the seed is planted in you. What you see in Scripture is three big acts in a cosmic drama. And I'm going to use the main points from a small booklet called Two Ways to Live, which gives a Great overview of the gospel message, which explains how, how to plant the seed. So it starts out, this, this booklet starts out by saying the message at the heart of Christianity is a message from the Bible about God and his son Jesus. It's all about life and death and the choice we all face. This brings us to Act One. Act One is creation. It all starts with a loving creator, God. God is the loving ruler of the world. He made the world. He made us rulers of the world under him. Now, that that might surprise you, but he gave us responsibility for ruling the world. And it's right for people, since we have been created, to do what our maker wants us to do. He's the ruler He's the supreme president. He's the king. Revelations 4:11 says, "You are worthy, our Lord, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased." So, even though it's right to do what our maker wants, and that that makes perfect sense. If an inventor creates something, it's, it's a beautiful thing when it fulfills its function. The, the reason he created it, that is a beautiful thing. And so, even though it's right to do what our maker wants, and that makes sense, we haven't. And act two is the result. The fall. So, creation, the fall. When God made us, He gave us the responsibility of ruling over the earth. And the Bible says that the the first couple and every one of us since, we're commanded to get dominion, which, which it means to bring our little patch of the world, our responsibilities under control, under God's control as the ruler over those things. But instead of honoring and obeying God, the first man and woman rebelled. We all reject the the ruler, God, by trying to run life our own way without him. But we fail to rule ourselves or society or the world. Romans 3, 10 through 12 says, No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise, No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. The sad truth 
is that from the very beginning, men and women everywhere have rejected God by doing things their own way. And we all do this. We don't live God's way. We don't start out that way. We, we don't start with a bent to follow him. And the trouble is, by rejecting God, we make a mess of our lives, of our society, and of our world. And this is the source of the trouble in the world today. We, we see this as we experience the turmoil that's going on in our country and in our world today. What will God do about this rebellion? God won't let us rebel forever. God's punishment for rebellion is death and judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. This is a terrible thing, to fall under the sentence of God's judgment, but thankfully, it's not the end of the drama. Act 3 brings the good news, redemption. God's justice sounds hard. But because of his love, God sent his son, Jesus, into the world, the man Jesus Christ. Jesus always lived under God's rule. Yet by dying in our place, he took our punishment and brought forgiveness. Because of God's great love, his mercy, and his generosity, God did not leave us to suffer the consequences of our foolish rebellion he did something to save us. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This is what he did so that we could experience the, the beauty of salvation. God raised Jesus to life again as the ruler of the world. Jesus had conquered death. He now gives new life and will return to judge. First Peter 1.3 says, In his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This leaves us with a choice, the two ways to live. Our way, reject the ruler, God, try to run life our own way, and the result of that is we're condemned by God. We're, we face judgment and death. And then another choice is God's new way. Submit to Jesus as our ruler. Rely on Jesus' death and resurrection. And the result is we're forgiven by God. And we're given eternal life. This is, this is what you, how you plant the seed. And so I want to wrap up by helping you make sure the seed is planted in you. You plant the seed by receiving and believing in Jesus Christ. To bear the fruit, the seed must be planted in the good soil of a heart that's ready to obey. Like John 1.12 says, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become Children of God. What an amazing thing God's done. You plant the seed by receiving Jesus Christ for who he is, the ruler of all 
and specifically you receive him to be the ruler of your life. And you believe him to the extent that you are willing to obey even when you're tested by adversity. Are you ready to do that today? I, I really hope you are. Maybe you've been investigating Christianity and maybe you've concluded, hey, this is right. Maybe God's spoken to you this morning and you're ready to make that step where you plant the seed. And I want to encourage you to do that. You may be wrestling with it all. You may be wrestling with your standing before God and you want to settle up with him once and for all. You you may want to know for sure that you're saved and put the doubts you've been struggling with to rest. And to do that, you 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 have to work it out before God. I invite you to do that right now as you take the next step in your relationship with God. So my next step today is for the first time, I will receive Jesus as my ruler and receive his forgiveness. I'm going to believe. In other words, if you check this box, this next step, you're saying, I'm going to believe him to the extent that I'm willing to obey, even if I face adversity, even if I get into testing and trouble and and have to fight through it. I want to encourage you that another next step is to come back next week to find how to a little bit more about how to gain assurance of uh, your salvation. Because there's a passage in First John that says he wrote these things so that you could be sure of your salvation. There's specific growth. Uh, that there's specific fruit that grows in our life once we decide to follow Christ. And next week, I'm going to talk about how to identify that fruit and uh, how to work with God to see it grow in your life. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word. We thank you, God, for your kindness to us and that you have made it so clear how to have a relationship with you, how to plant the seed, how to become one of your children. Bless you, God, and thank you for the way that you have made this so clear. Move our hearts to those of us listening that haven't committed themselves to follow Jesus Christ as Lord, as the ruler. Move us to do that, God. Draw us to yourself. For everybody else that has already decided, I pray that we would cooperate with you and and we would begin to see the fruit grow more and more in our life. Would you give us the power to do this, God, in the name of Jesus Christ? Amen.